Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. This is BRN AM for Friday, February 23rd, 2024. And our top story today, only 35% of Canadians can afford to retire. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Dr. Samir Sinha is with Sinai Health in Toronto, Canada. Dr. Sinha, it's great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Uh, this is an interesting one. So uh, you're in Toronto and I'm in the United States, but the, the headline on this particular article in the survey was only 35% of working Canadians age 50 and older um, can afford to retire. And, and I could swear that I'm reading something in the U.S. based on U.S. statistics. How close, I mean, obviously we're, we're separated by a, by a border, uh, but this, this seems to be a, a, a recurrence across many developed nations. It's a it's a big issue like across many developed nations because it reminds us that, you know, while some of us, you know, have earned enough money and focused on our savings and and may have access to a good, you know, uh, private pension in addition to, you know, Social Security or or in Canada, we call it the Canada Pension Plan. Um, you know, we know that a lot of people are struggling to make ends meet, you know, during their day to day lives. So they're just trying to put food on the table or, or pay for a roof over their head. But at the same time, they're also uh, saying, I don't even have uh, uh, the ability to save for retirement. So what we're seeing is that uh, just like a number of older Canadians are saying, I'm sure it's the same thing in the United States where a lot of people are saying, look, you know, uh, I might have access to some Social Security benefits, but I haven't really, you know, saved up a lot of money independently and I might not have access to a workplace pension plan. So I'm not sure if I have enough money to retire, um, if I'll be able to afford unexpected costs like long term care costs that might might arise. And uh, and I might have to just keep working uh, well into my golden years, if you will, just so I can afford to live. So this is not a, a Canadian thing. This is actually something common, increasingly common in many developed countries around the world. And it's something we have to address uh, for the health and well-being of, of older adults. Yeah. And, and, and thanks for that. And, and I want to talk a little bit about longevity, too, and add that here. Uh, it used to be the, uh, and I don't, I'm not sure exactly what it is in Canada, but I have to think it's very similar. The mortality rate uh, or the age that, that you live to, exp life expectancy uh, age, continues to go up. That means that your money has to last longer. Uh, just based on this survey, and again, it's eerily familiar, as we just talked about, to the U.S. and probably some other developed nations. Um, you know, th that money that you're accumulating has to land last longer. Do we need to do a better job of communicating all these different retirement apparatuses, whether it's a defined contribution plan where you put money away, a pension plan that you were talking about, the Canadian pension plan or some other apparatus. Yeah, we have to do a much better job because, you know, again, as you just, you know, help to put in perspective with changing life expectancies. If you're born in 1900 in the U.S., your life expectancy was 47 years of age in Canada. For some reason, we were always a little bit healthier, I guess. So it was 51 years <laughs> of age. But we now know that the average person in the U.S. will live till about 78 years of age in Canada is about 82 years of age. So we're living longer than ever before. And when we created programs like Social Security or in Canada, the Canada Pension Plan, that was about, you know, 
in our in the 50s and the 60s you know that was years ago when the average person in the US or Canada didn't live beyond their 60s so this this idea that okay you work till you're 65 you then retire and you'll be dead in a few years no that's not really the case because now if you make it to 65 in our society and the good news is most of us will you're going to have about 20 years of life expectancy ahead of you uh, and while the good news is most of those are going to be relatively good health, not all of them will be. And so you have to not just kind of think about how long you might live beyond when you might plan to retire. But the number one fear amongst older people is that they might run out of money. And so, you know, you have to kind of start thinking young about, well, when do I plan to retire? Um, how long might I live? Um, what is the lifestyle that I expect to be living and what will that cost? Um, and that needs to include the fact that, you know, if you were covered under workplace drug prescription plans and, and other coverage plans, some of that coverage may no longer exist when you're older. So are you accounting for those potential costs? If you become disabled and you need home and community care, um, how much is covered by your local state or, or organization? Do you have private funds to pay for someone to come in and care for you in your own home? So it's understanding what those costs might be, um, what when you aspire to retire, and then making sure you have enough money. And for so many people now, without workplace pension plans, they might have you know these retirement savings accounts, you know those you know four hundred ones, those four hundred three plans, for example, that you put money in. But the challenge that we have for so many people now is beyond things like social security or, or other pensions. Um, often, if you have these savings mechanisms, you know, all you do is you retire, you end up with this pot of money, and then you've got to figure out how to manage it, you know, for the rest of your life. And that's a, a that's a really tough challenge because do you know how long you're going to live? Not really. Do you know if you're going to get cancer? Who knows? Do you know if you're going to have those supports? You don't know. And so trying to manage that becomes really problematic. And that's why you know we're trying to look at new mechanisms or things where people can say, okay, this is what I've actually saved, and if I turn it into kind of a pension kind of plan idea where I can get a, a defined and secure uh, amount of, of income every month for the rest of my life. You know, these are kind of things that we're trying to look at, um, you know, better products that are affordable and make sense for people because it can help them plan and feel more secure uh, for the rest of their lives as well. Yeah, really good point. Dr. Sinha, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk more about this. You're gonna wanna stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We wanna make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses, I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy.
featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Well, Dr. Sinha, thank you so much for staying with us. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two this morning. Yeah, happy to be here. Yeah, fun, fun conversation. Again, not too different than what we're talking about here in the States. Uh, let's talk about what Canada is doing. I think that's interesting. And I think, I, you know, personally, I'm very interested when you look at I think there's lessons to be learned from everyone, um, especially developed uh, economies. But let's talk about what Canada is doing from a public policy perspective. You mentioned new products, but from a public policy perspective, how are legislators and the executive branch doing in terms of addressing this issue? I, th I don't think we're really doing as much as we could be right now because we know that we're seeing an increasingly growing number of, of, of older Canadians. There's 15 million Canadians now out of a population of about 40 million who are uh, are 15 older, for example. So as our baby boom population um, starts turning, um, you know, 65, and and they've been doing so since 2011, we know that within um, you know the next year, one in five Canadians is going to be an older person. Soon, within by 2030 or so, one in four Canadians is going to be an older person. So we know that we're going to have lots of older people who are entering those retirement years, um, and many of them are going to be financially um, um, uh, insecure unless we find better ways of supporting them. So the key thing is like similar to the United States, you know, Canadians, you know, like, you know, Americans, you know, have access to things like social security or or what we call our Canada pension plan. And these are, you know, government entitlements that people pay into and then therefore will get a benefit later on. What we've realized in Canada is that we've created a system where people can start taking their 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 equivalent of U.S. Social Security as early as 60 years of age. And some people just grab it immediately because they're like, hey, they have free money, right? You know, I'll, I'll you know, I paid for it, but I'll, I'll, I'll let me start taking it early. But people don't realize that you actually have a choice, a 10 year window in which when you can start taking it, you can take it as early as age 60. You can delay taking it till age 70. And what most Canadians don't know is that every year you delay taking your payments, you know, beyond 65 years of age, your monthly payouts increase by 8% up to a maximum of 42%. So if you are in, in or if you're able to kind of financially plan to not take your Canada pension plan or your social security equivalent till the age of 70, you'll actually end up with 40% more income every month from age 70 onwards. People say, well, will I even live that long? Well, remember, the average chain is going to live till 82 years of age. And for those of us who make it to 65, we have about 20 years of life expectancy ahead of you. So you can realize, wow, wait a minute, 40% more a month for maybe 15, 20 more years, or even if I live to 100, that's a good bargain. And that's a really good bargain. And that's an easy way that Canadians and perhaps Americans too, can actually use or 
be smart with a government entitlement, um, which is actually by delaying it, you're actually improving um, the benefit that you get without a, a significant expense. But we're also we're also trying to look at other mechanisms to improve financial literacy, making sure people appreciate what things are covered, what things aren't covered, um, and then what savings vehicles people can invest in, and how to make sure that when you have things like a defined contribution plan that leaves you with a lump sum of money at the end of the day, are there new products and services out there that people can take advantage of that can literally give you kind of like like a standard you know gold plated pension secure and stable income for the rest of your life and so there is more legislative changes happening now to allow people for example who don't have what we call defined benefit pension plans but more defined contribution plans to be able to access those programs that allow them to turn what they've actually saved into the form of what we call an annuity that gives you stable guaranteed income for the rest of your life. And that allows people to have much more, a greater peace of mind. Um, and also, um, and, uh, and also kind of better, uh, better kind of sight lines on what they'll have coming in and therefore what they can afford. So we need to do more of these things because otherwise um, it really is a jungle out there. And I think a lot of people then find themselves having to return back to work or really scaling back and not and really struggling to enjoy their retirement in the best possible way. Yeah, really good point. And, and, and you make a really good point about education and information. Uh, last question, doctor. Uh, let's talk, you mentioned long-term care in the first segment and healthcare as you get older, and, and I think Fidelity here in the States, uh, I think they're an international firm, but they, they release a report on healthcare expenses in retirement. They're going up, especially towards the end of life, you mentioned long-term care again. Um, how is healthcare access, and it's different, I think there are different systems in the US versus Canada, but let's talk about the Canadian healthcare and access to Canadian healthcare in retirement. There's gotta be some concerns there as well to deal with some of those costs. Well, the problem is that our, our national healthcare system was created in 1966, and it's a great system, but it principally was designed to cover a population that Back in 1966, the average Canadian was 27 years of age, and most of us didn't live beyond our 60s. So if you think about what 27-year-olds need, they need hospitals and doctors. That's what's all universally covered and free of charge. That's great. But as you get older, you might need have chronic illnesses where you need access to good prescription drug coverage, for example. You might also need access to dental care. You may not also need access to home and community care services and long-term care services. And while all those things are are covered in to some extent in one way or the other they're not necessarily completely covered it's not like your your traditional hospital and physician services that are all free of charge um, these other things often come with co-payments um, there and they're or they're often limited in scope of what they'll provide uh, so you have to make sure that you have the income to, to pay for your co-payments for your medications, for example. Um, you need to have money to pay for the things that aren't covered with respect to dental care. Um, you need to make sure that you have money that if you want more than a very basic level of accommodation in a nursing home, or you want more than three hours a day of home care uh, from the government, for example, because there's 24 hours in a day, you need to be able to top up and, and pay those extra costs yourself. And a lot of people aren't aware that uh, aware of those things because they're so used to kind of going through their working lives, um, not really seeing much in the way of healthcare costs in Canada because they're covered by 
you know, workplace plans, include what the government covers, and people are relatively healthier. So I think in a similar way in the United States, you know, well, as you get older, you're like, oh, well, we've got Medicare as we get older. And if I'm really poor, I've got Medicaid. But these programs are so limited in what they fully cover. Um, and I think a lot of people don't fully appreciate the co-payments, um, the extra charges, that if you want to live in a retirement home as opposed to a nursing or, 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 or the, uh, you know, other home, um, you might have to spend a lot of your dollars first before you can access free services. Um, and if you want something better than the basics, um, you've got to shell out some money. So I think a lot of people need to start understanding what is covered, what isn't covered, what the potential costs can be on both sides of the border, because I think that otherwise presents a bit of a rude awakening um, and one where people find that they haven't really fully accounted for what those potential costs are. So it's a good opportunity to start thinking about that earlier rather than later, because then that might help you think about the decisions you make earlier in life that can set you up for greater success later on in life as well. I wish I could be a 22 year old knowing what I know now, doctor, and therefore I would have made the best. I will, I would make the best decisions possible. Doctor, we're going to have to leave it there. Great to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Thanks for having me, Jeff. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, all the latest curated news in lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more and all in one place. Check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content? Well, visit our website. We're back again tomorrow for BRN Weekly. Jane King is taking a little bit of a break, but Joya Das is going to be here to help break down all the news and markets for the week. And then we'll be taking a look back at some of our best segments. Again, you're not going to want to miss it. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe. Keep on saving. And don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.